Resistance, burnout, procrastination, sleepless nights, stress, and painful hard work. Fatigued from running on the high achiever hamster wheel? This is the Bold Leadership Revolution, where we develop high-performing leaders to live, thrive, and lead bold and smart, not hard. Here is your host, Tara Newman. Hey, hey, bold leaders. Welcome to another episode of the Bold Leadership Revolution podcast with me, your host, Tara Newman. If you're new to the podcast, this is your space to help you grow as a leader in all areas of your life. The topics we discuss here will help you lead yourself and others more effectively and ultimately be the cornerstone of your professional and financial growth. When I coach my clients for high performance, it is very much about the art of becoming the best version of yourself so you can win consistently over long periods of time without losing the things that are most important to you. You know, like your sanity, your health, your family. Leadership is about character development. And a critical piece to every leader's character development is their habits. So on today's episode, we're going to scratch the surface on habits. If you're someone who gets to a certain level of success and then sabotages themselves, it's most likely about your habits. If you're someone who struggles with consistency, commitment, or clear vision, I could probably trace it back to your habits. And if you're someone who is constantly seeking outside yourself, guess what? Let's look at your habits. In this episode, we are going to look at how your habits have an impact on everything you do, how we can use our habits to drive the extraordinary results we desire, and how you can use rituals to become a world-class leader with ease. As always, I like to remind my listeners that what we are talking about today stems from anecdotal, real-world evidence I've collected over two decades that I've worked with leaders of all kinds. It also stems from my own biases around my life. And one of my big biases is, I believe your habits will make or break your results. I also believe strongly in doing less better. I'm habitually intentional and discerning, which leads me to develop ritualistic performance protocols and stick to them. I've built my business on doing the boring things that work rather than chasing the sexy fad-like tactics that most people fall prey to, those shiny objects. So that is my upfront bias for today's episode is that I really, really believe in habits. So first of all, what's a habit? My answer, almost everything is a habit. You know, when your spouse says says something you've heard before or tired of hearing about and you roll your eyes, that's a habit. When you start feeling that sweet tinge of victory and immediately think to yourself, but who am I? That thought is a habit. You put the keys in the ignition and check the mirrors while slowly rolling out of your driveway, habit. There is a great book written on habits called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, and he defines a habit by explaining the habit loop. The habit loop consists of a cue, routine, and a reward. So if you have ever wondered the difference between a habit and a routine, it's that a routine makes up the habit. A routine is what happens after the trigger or cue occurs. 
The research on habits is extensive. I traveled down this rabbit hole the other week and it's absolutely dizzying, which is why this podcast isn't going to quote research statistics or lab experiments with mice. This podcast episode is going to take you behind the scenes into the daily discussions I have with my clients, whether they are service-based businesses or product-based businesses, whether their big goal is consistent 10K months or their business revenue is $60 million a year, whether they are a team of one or have a team of way plus one. This habit conversation is universal to all leaders. And so I'm going to highlight five things that I find relevant about habits that I have been discussing with my clients probably within the last month. So that's where this episode is coming from. One, everyone immediately groups their habits into two camps, good habits and bad habits. And I hate this whole good versus bad thing. What if we look at habits through the lens of results? Does this habit yield the result you want? That opens the door for a different conversation. Instead of creating shame around bad habits, we start to have honest conversations around the results we want to create for ourselves. Also, habits are created to save brain space, to put things on autopilot. And while I'm all for reducing the mental load we carry today, there is something to be said for a conscious evaluation of why we do the things we do and the results those behaviors yield. Two, Charles Duhigg notes that if you want to change a habit, you need to change the routine. And I agree. And I have an and. I agree and I think there's a tremendous amount of merit in understanding and creating awareness around the cues or triggers, the thing that happens before the routine. So often cues might be tangible and overt, but carry with them intangible thoughts or emotions. For example, I've recently spent a few years overcoming habits of emotional eating. The thing that tr- would trigger my ma- one of my mad dashes for the fridge were the feelings that surrounded my parenting of my children. A kid would have a tantrum, I would feel helpless, run for the fridge, the food didn't stop the tantrum, but it did change my emotion that I was feeling. Sometimes we don't even recognize the trigger. We are simply aware of the routine that is or isn't working for us. Three, the reward isn't always what you think it is. Everyone hears the term reward and thinks of something positive. So when you look at a habit that isn't yielding the result you want, it's a it's tricky to see the reward. You immediately think, but this isn't serving me. For example, I knew that the mad dash to the fridge when the kids were making me crazy wasn't serving me, but it was creating a reward that would continue the the habit over and over again. So I had to really understand what was the benefit to this habit. And I realized that the benefit to the habit was that it was keeping me from the goal I desired. And logically, this makes no sense. But the reality is, is resistance is real. And humans do this thing where we resist what we want the most. So it's worth looking at how not reaching your goal benefits you. 
how did it, how did not losing the weight benefit me? It benefited me in so many ways. I got to continue to tell myself the story that as long as I was overweight, I was safe. Men wouldn't hit on me. They wouldn't be attracted to me. I could pass through life without being seen or draw too much attention to myself. And I hated being the center of attention. It made me feel really uncomfortable. So instead of dealing with those feelings of discomfort around being the center of attention, I just delayed my goal. I would stay in a state of lacking confidence around my body image, so I would never stand up in front of anybody or take the stage or give a speech, which allowed me not to deal with the raging anxiety I had around public speaking. As long as I was overweight and embarrassed by the way I looked, I could stay home and not put myself out there or go to events where I might meet interesting people who love the work that I'm doing in the world and force me to up my game and run a bigger business. Because if my business got too big, then I would burn out again. Stephen Pressfield, the author of The War of Art, talks about how resistance is strongest near the end, right when we're about to do, be, or have the thing that we want so badly is when it kicks in. So in my opinion, very often the reward is being kept from the thing we want, but are so terrified to have. Tricky. All right. Four. If right now you're kind of thinking, oh my goodness, Tara, this is so overwhelming, so much to think about. What do I do if I'm feeling overwhelmed? In The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, he talks about keystone habits. This is where I would want you to focus. Focus on finding, knowing, and continuing to cultivate your one habit, the one thing that makes the biggest difference. When you do this habit, it naturally creates other habits. It's called a keystone habit. People ask me all the time about how I stay so consistent with CrossFit. How do I stay motivated to work out on a regular and consistent basis? It's because it's my keystone habit. It's my leverage. It's my how I achieve more by doing less. When I go to CrossFit, other habits naturally take root. Like my eating becomes more habitual. So when I CrossFit, cue, then I feel like an athlete. So I eat like an athlete, carefully tracking my macros and ensuring my fuel is for performance. The reward is I perform better in the gym. I have more energy for my family. I have more confidence to put myself out there for my business. I'm walking my talk and people notice. I love myself for showing up this way and doing what I said I would do. It's the embodiment of integrity for me. It just so happens to also change my body composition. It challenges me to do the deep work required for self-development and growth, which I believe so much in. I don't need to read five books on self-improvement. I just need to throw around some weights and stick to it when it gets hard. And all those lessons about life and leadership and growth are there for me to work through. So that is what I would encourage you to do is find that keystone habit. Now, let's number five. Let's talk rituals versus habits, because this is where people get a little tripped up. They say, what's the difference between habits, routines, rituals? As we mentioned, a routine and a habit are often used interchangeably. The routine is a part of the habit, and ritual and, and habit often get used interchangeably as well. However, I like to think of rituals as a habit with a power-up. 
And this power-up is a heavy dose of mindfulness and intention. For me, ritual brings a different level of reverence to the routine. Rituals are usually multi-sensory experiences, so they might include touch, taste, sound, smell. For for example, a warm-up routine for an athlete might include listening to the same music, calming their nervous system, grounding into their visualization of the competition. It's a series of incredibly mindful activities that engage the athlete and changes their state. That would be a ritual. Here is an example from our own lives, my life actually. Okay, so let's think about person A. Person A can quickly slam a curry pot into the Keurig machine that everybody has, prepare their coffee while distracted by other things, race out the door quickly, slurping their piping hot coffee on the way to the office. That's a habit. Person B, this would be me, slowly enters the kitchen. I smile at my husband who knows not to interrupt the coffee ritual. I lovingly slide an espresso pod into the Mac Daddy of machines. I carefully measure out my creamer, count the drops of stevia, and I joyously sprinkle some cinnamon on top of the frothed cream. The smell, the aroma of the coffee, and the cinnamon, I just breathe it in. And then I take my coffee in both hands and I slowly walk over to my ripped and ratty chair in the corner of my living room. I gently place my coffee down and savor the first sip. I pick up my journal and start writing, sipping and writing, writing and sipping, sacred. My coffee goes beyond habit. It is my sacred time. It's never rushed or missed. It's the primer for my entire day. For me, I prefer rituals to habits. They make everything more meaningful, more interconnected, and deeply nourishing. I love talking about habits with my clients. Our habits and rituals fuel our performance and are key to so many things in our lives, including living our potential. I want to encourage you to spend some time observing your habits and asking yourself, does this habit yield the result I desire? How can you be more aware of the cues or triggers that kick off those routines? And I want to challenge you to create a ritual that you can sink into as sacred space and time for you to be your greatest self. If this behind the scenes glimpse excites you and you want more of this type of conversation, I want to share with you exactly how you can do that. The Bold Leadership Revolution is excited to be rolling out a brand new program called the Brave Society. BRAVE stands for bold, resilient, abundant, value-driven, and endurable. All the characteristics of a high-performing leader. It's one part professional organization where you interact with other professionals, one part marketplace where you come to find qualified, incredible help you need to take your business to the next level, and one part leadership incubator where you, are, where you will acquire the skills you need to optimize you. So if this sounds as exciting to you as it is to me, head on over to the show notes to hop on the wait list for more information.
Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Leadership Revolution podcast. This episode has ended, but our work continues online. Head over to theboldleadershiprevolution.com where you'll find links to any resources mentioned in today's episode, along with other valuable tips and information that will help you lead bold. That's theboldleadershiprevolution.com. 